You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, happy holidays from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up for Friday, December 23rd, 2016. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual this holiday season is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig. Good to be here, man. Kind of thought we'd spread a little uh, holiday cheer for everybody this morning. We'll start out... I guess on the bright side, it's been a volatile year in the metals, and at one point they were up considerably more than they are now. But nonetheless, gold's still up about 7% year-to-date, silver up 15% year-to-date, and the mining shares, as measured by the Huey Index, up more than 50% year-to-date. That's at least something we can take to the bank, and maybe that'll help things as we turn the corner to the new year. Well, it's a very interesting concept. However, you know, when you were up 150 and now you're up 50 on your uh, gold stock, somehow it doesn't have that, you know, really warm and fuzzy feeling. But uh, I guess, uh, you know, when you consider it all, it's it's been kind of an okay year. But we lost a lot of our promise there uh, post the Trump election for whatever reason. And my, my thinking happens to be that the commercials wanted the price to be at a certain level for year end so they could get their bonuses and book their profit and all that stuff. And uh, miraculously, yet again, they've arranged to do that. So uh, I suspect uh, as we head into the new year, just like last year, we'll probably get a bit of a sea change. You can see, you can sense a bit of a bottoming out of the metals here. Um, and the stocks look like they might be bottoming out. And of course, if we can get a turn uh, into early January, even late this month, uh, things can happen very quickly in our space so we have that to look forward to how much does this remind you of last year eric we we've just had a fed rate hike the world is convinced that there's going to be three or four more coming up next year that the stock market's going to go higher that inflation is coming back and the gold is going down sounds like exactly what they told us a year ago and and i you know when i think of the reasoning the reasoning is that the commercials can almost do anything they want with any market in the world when they want to and they want it to be at this level for year-end. And uh, so I think it's been totally orchestrated. I mean, the most uh, ironic thing is as the price of gold's gone down, the commercials have been nothing but buyers. Like, it just boggles my mind that you can rape and pillage like this uh, uh, against the speculators. You get them just to cave, and you're sitting there buying it the whole time. And, of course, the mainstream media is talking about how the dollar is getting strong and gold's going to cave, and then and that. You get all the, the language going with you and the technical levels break. And lo and behold, the end of the year comes, the price is where they want it, and they cover their short positions. So it's just it's like deja vu all over again uh, with respect to uh, 2015 versus this year. But there are a lot of things going on behind the scenes, my friends. I, I know you keep track of these items as uh, you know that they'll impact the gold price as we turn into 2017. One of them is a potential import duty cut. In India for gold, we're talking about tariffs or import taxes in the U.S. There's a number of things out there, aren't there, that uh, could really impact things uh, as soon as January. Absolutely. And I think probably to me the most interesting thing is the fact that India would be sort of having it out there that they might cut the import tax from 10 to 6. And I can tell you exactly why. Because if you're Indian... You want to buy smuggled gold now. You don't want to have to go through the dealer, register your name. First of all, you don't, you know, where'd the money come from? The whole, you know, watching the flow of money. So you can see that the, the smuggling business is going to be a huge business in India in, in the gold area. 
because of the demonetization, because of demand for more transparency, and people don't like transparency. People who own gold own gold for a reason, because we don't trust the government, and, and much as we shouldn't, that history has told us. So the fact that it's openly being discussed is suggesting to me that the smuggling business is, is moving apace here in India, and uh, the whole demonetization thing ended up being a, a total bust. And here's another story that's, I guess, just right there for anybody willing to see it. You know, President-elect Donald Trump has appointed a gentleman by the name of Navarro to head uh, uh, a trade council, a very important trade council in the U.S. And this gentleman has authored books with titles such as Death by China. And at the same time, the Chinese are reducing their treasury holdings. Uh, could we be on the verge of some kind of trade war with China in 2017? Well, it does boggle the mind some of the statements we start hearing out of the Trump uh, empire and uh, the statements both in terms of tweets, the statements in terms of who's nominated, what their policies are. And uh, I mean, this this whole suggestion of, you know, making America stronger. And if you're going to do it by uh, increasing uh, import tariffs, Lord knows what's going to happen in the world. You know, trade wars don't help anybody. And I'm not suggesting that they shouldn't do that because Unfortunately, the world has eaten America's lunch uh, by exporting products to America, and, and it's caused the industry just to disappear here. And I, I might even strongly suggest that it's something that should be done. Unfortunately, it's the unintended consequences of that. You know, if China uh, does something about Apple products or IBM products, or they were not going to buy their jets from, from American manufacturers, things like that. I mean, it just trade wars shrink uh, world GDP. So uh, uh, President-elect Trump is very difficult to figure out. I sit here trying to think, okay, well, is he right wing? Is he left wing? Uh, what's what's he really doing here? And uh, look at the people. He's got all these ex-Goldman people at the same time he has gentlemen like Navarro and, and others who are, who are uh, not uh, financial mainstream. So it's hard, it's, it's hard to, to decipher exactly what's going to happen. And knowing that, you know, he has exhibited um, uh, loose cannon type things, uh, you know, maybe we're, we're going to wake up one day and find out that, boom, you know, we're going to have an import tariff or boom, you know, we're going to build our nuclear capacity. Things, sudden, these sudden decisions that might um, surprise uh, people and the market for that matter, because it, it becomes way more uncertain when we start talking about, wow, we're going to rearm our nuclear facility. I mean, that just seems like so passe, so we'll have to stand by and all of that. As you mentioned, uh, the, this looming possibility of trade war, what that could do to GDP and how that might impact things like interest rate forecasts for 2017. We've got Russia continuing to stockpile gold and other 30 metric tons last month. You mentioned China disgorging some of their treasuries. And this rally in the dollar putting incredible pressure on every other fiat currency around the globe, particularly the emerging markets. That would seem to be a problem, too. Yeah, no, lots of markets are not doing well. I mean, I look at the Hong Kong market that's now officially in a correction. Uh, the Chinese market looks like it, it's it's giving it up here. Uh, we've had difficulty, of course, in, uh, in India and other Asian countries because of the currency situation. Um, so there's all sorts of weird things happening. And I think the, you first mentioned that uh, Russia 
bought another 30 tons in November. That's two months in a row at 30, okay? Those are significant numbers. It used to be like between 10 and 15. It looks like they've decided, okay, at these prices, we're going to double our monthly input. Well, you know, that's, that's 270 tons a year. That's what 10% of all the mine tonnage in the year just going to Russia. And, uh, of course, we have a, uh, a serious sense that the Chinese want to be buying gold. I mean, uh, you mentioned earlier in our chat about Bitcoin and the fact that the Bitcoin price has gone up and a lot of it is um, suggested to be Chinese buying. And obviously they're trying to find ways to get out of their currency too because it's a weak currency. So you've got, you know, probably 150 weak currencies in the world, all of which would suggest those people in those countries should be owning gold here as some alternative to the fiat currency. So uh, yeah, there's uh, lots happening out there. All of it, uh, all of it has always been gold positive. Uh, it's just that we have to, you know, wait for this year-end clearing out that obviously the commercials have uh, have organ- orchestrated here. And once that's over, I think some of these uh, factors will certainly come more into play. As a former fund manager yourself, is there the idea that there could be some rebalancing after the first of the year? where yeah, gold had a pretty good year, silver had a pretty good year, and the miners in particular. Could that be something that could put a floor under price of these instruments uh, as soon as the calendar flips? Well, Craig, rebalancing is very important. In fact, I was just reading an article that uh, most pension funds that have these set weightings that they have in uh, stocks and bonds are all going to have to be sellers of bonds early, uh, sorry, sellers of stocks early in the year because the stocks have gone up and the bonds have gone down and they have to rebalance again. And as you pointed out, the same tends to be true with groups that have gone up. Groups that have gone up during the year, such as gold mining stocks, are up 50%. A lot of guys just reweight them, and okay, we've got to have 50% more gold stocks here. And of course, it brings other people into the game that now have the end results. And here's gold stocks up 50%, and where were we all year? We don't own any. And the guy might say, well, we better, you know, own half of 1% or something, or some small percentage. And, of course, it doesn't take much buying in gold stocks and precious metal stocks to really make a serious difference. So, yes, I expect all those things will be occurring uh, as we move into the year. And, of course, I also suspect that, you know, you can have a bit of a late rally in, in December in the stocks. That's, that's pretty normal uh, for the group. So I'm kind of looking forward to next week and just see if we can get things started on the right foot there and uh, – launch into 2017. And Eric, one last uh, item I wanted to get your opinion on. The phrase moral hazard has reemerged here in late 2016 with the bailout, the state-sponsored bailout of Banco de Monte Pasi in Italy, which is the world's oldest bank. And suddenly it needs to be bailed out by the Italian government. This seems to be the tip of the iceberg. Is that going to be a story we're going to have to follow in 2017? Well, again, you know, it's quite laughable. Uh, I mean, this, this episode's been going on for so long. and They were going to, you know, issue some convertibles. Or they're going to get people to convert for bonds of stock. And all this, all this chatter that's been going on for months and months and months and months. And they said, of course, when it got right down to it, they couldn't hardly raise a nickel. And the, the Italian government had to find a way to bail them out. And, of course, the EU at first said you couldn't do it. Now it looks like they said they could do it. Because, of course, the last thing you want to have is a problem with the banking industry because that's always been where the problem is, okay? The whole uh, financial crisis of 07, 08 was banking. Now they have the same damn thing in Italy and uh, no doubt other banks in uh, in Europe that have these huge outstanding losses that the capital is just insufficient to cover and to think that now we have governments got to come in again and bail them out. 
And of course, that's just the taxpayers paying for the the lunacy of the bankers. And of course, the lunacy of the bankers. I mean, you, you put that in with all these fines they're now paying with uh, Deutsche Bank paying whatever it was seven billion to the U.S. government and Credit Suisse paying for their um, uh, mortgage uh, fraud. And of course, the, you know, we've also had Deutsche Bank admit to gold and silver fraud. And it's just, it's so endemic in the whole banking system that, you know, it's almost like they were allowed to do anything so they could make money so they could survive here and, and, and not have to have the government step in. But here we are, we've got the government stepping in. And again, you know, if, if, uh, there was a, if there was a lira around, that lira would be very weak these days. Uh, luckily, they, they, uh, they work in euros, so it just has a, a lesser impact. But yeah, it, it shows the instability of the whole system which has always been the case, and it's this constant extend and pretend and find a way to overcome the next crisis, and who knows what the next one will be, but as you and I both know, there will be another one, and they'll all be gold positive, by the way, notwithstanding what the price might be doing at year end. So we'll stand by on that one, and uh, hopefully some of the people over there will react in the uh, proper manner in terms of getting their money out of the bank and getting it into something that truly is money. Eric, I say all the time, the price that we get quoted of my gold and silver goes up and down, but the value of my gold and silver only seems to increase year after year. Well, it's so absolutely true. And one of the, the things I always fall back on, you know, the, every now and then we hear about a discovery of some guy buried some gold somewhere, okay? And the one thing I'd like to stress to everybody, imagine if a guy buried $10,000 in 1920, or he buried 10000 of gold in 1920. Well, the gold is worth whatever, a million dollars, and the $10,000 is worth... $10,000 if it's still together. It just tells you over time what happens to gold and the fact that it is true money and, and holds its value, whereas the currency doesn't. So, you know, it's, it's the same old theme that uh, we've obviously been preaching for a long while. And sometimes at certain times in years, it works out beautifully and other times it doesn't. It's been a tough little road here uh, up until the beginning of, of this last year because we've had a sort of a decent year here. And I suspect we'll do the same thing next year. And, you know, you start compounding things out at 7 or 10% a year. Hey, it doesn't take that long to double your money. So uh, gold and silver are doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's exactly right. I think that's a great place to leave it, my friend. Uh, I want to wish you Merry Christmas. And thank you for all the wisdom that you've shared here this year. Well, it's been my pleasure. And Merry Christmas uh, to all our listeners. And let's hope that we have a, a very uh, enjoyable Christmas and a, a most profitable 2017. And to everyone out there that has shared these podcasts with us, happy holidays. I hope you all have a relaxing holiday season. Thank you for listening. And from all of us at uh, SprottMoney.com and Sprott Money News, have a great weekend.